0: Intro, the intro of all intros. Uh, awesome. Our guest today is Neil Westfall. Uh, he is from the band A Day to Remember. He is also yep. a, uh, a very nice gentleman who has allowed me to bother him a lot over the past uh, month or so with various different things. So thanks for appeasing me here and joining oh, the podcast. Course. I'm happy to be here, in good company. <laughs> in good company. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, it's awesome to have you, man. Uh, I don't know if, so you probably have never talked to either Jordan or Justin. Um they are, They're brothers, and uh, they each have uh, respective uh, talents and great things to say. So hopefully they've come prepared today. Although the way I'm it started off, a, you never I'm know. i said
1: to have a great conversation.
0: Yeah, us too. Hey, Let's do it. We got, we got
1: fake
2: plants, Justin and I. <laughs> hey, no, it. no, no, no. Real, real. Come on now.
0: Do you think there will oh, ever ever be? Do you think there'll ever be a an episode that we start that doesn't have some sort of technical problem? No, probably it's,
1: not. It's not a good. It's not a good episode if it doesn't have something. This is this is what keeps a human.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, it's like if it was perfect, it'd just be, it be like a movie.
1: Just I'm just watch
0: a YouTube. I'm just excited that Jordan got his video to work. <laughs> You know what else I'm Thank excited you. about? You know what? You know what? Hold on! Real, you know what else I'm excited about, Jordan? You're wearing different clothing, finally. Finally, you're wearing a different hoodie and a different headband, and for that, I am really happy to see. I love
1: the little. Well, I pre. I love the little instrument. The little uh, cowbell. Yeah, the cowbell. Give it to us. Well,
2: well, Neil. I know this is the first time that we're meeting, but I am. A professional. And Matt, I appreciate you uh, publicly, but also in the presence of someone that I've met for the first time, uh, calling me out on the the novelty and the cleanliness of my wardrobe. Very kind of you, Matt.
0: It's just important. You know, it's like, I have a lot of white t-shirts, you know, with Vs here. So it's always new, even though it looks like I'm wearing the same thing every time. But you really, you know, like having the same hoodie and headband is pretty pretty obvious unless you have like 10 of them (laughs) well
2: since we're already here let me ask uh, our esteemed guest neil neil if you had a hand-me-down
1: outback steakhouse hoodie you would probably just burn it i'd imagine you'd probably just burn it uh that's like that's considered vintage nowadays that's uh some soda that's some good stuff i'd probably keep that
2: okay well well thank you every time i go live on instagram i wear that hoodie
1: (laughs) it's like it's like well we did that too for a while. Like with tour clothes, like I would just wear the same clothes for an entire tour and not wash them. And then everyone hates me by the end. And then we would burn those. And And look
2: where it brought. And and, and from doing that and and perhaps years of doing that, uh, this has brought you to the point. That is The
1: only reason we are successful is my tour clothes that I didn't change for like maybe three tours in a row.
2: Well, you're a guest.
1: You're, you're now a guest on the chocolate croissants podcast brother. So it
2: looks like it worked out for you.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, well said Jordan that, yes, that sums (laughs) it up. That sums it up. Um, so Neil, what, what's good, man. What's been going on? Just, uh,
1: trying to stay as busy as humanly possible. Um, I think that's been like the best thing for my, my mental health and, um, Considering not allowed to play shows, basically, which yes. is my main source of income and my main source of grounding and my mm-hmm. the thing that kind of keeps me in a good headspace as far as like work and stuff like that. I've been trying to fill that time with uh, restaurant stuff and producing bands and Twitch streams and house remodels and everything. I mean, literally, I, I try not to have any downtime, so just so I can kind of not think about all the other things that are kind of happening in the world so
0: did you guys have a a tour planned during this period
1: yeah we had two so we actually had to cancel a european run and then we had to cancel uh the big slipknot tour with us and code orange and Underoath, which was like i was looking forward to that as a fan and then to not be able to do that i was like well shit
0: Okay. That's a pretty. It's a, that I remember when that tour got announced, and I was just thinking that is one of the most stacked bills I'd ever seen. You know, it's just
1: crazy that 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 those bands, us included, can get together and play in a in the same night, and 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 people are just like, yeah, this is like my Spotify workout playlist. This is pretty normal for me.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, That's, it's just would,
1: cool that that can happen.
0: I would have loved to seen that show. And so, not to not to get too much into probably what is band business, but it's interesting. You know, two of the bands that are on that tour have done pretty substantial live stream things. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you guys have talked about at all?
1: Yeah, we've uh, we've we're actually in the process of kind of figuring that whole thing out. We just want it to be as good as everyone else's production, as far as that goes. And yeah. Our band is like very heavily uh, production forward. Like that's something that's super important to our live show. And we want to make sure that if you come watch like a live stream, you kind of get that same feeling as seeing us live. And a lot of what we do is kind of you have to be there for It's like we throw toilet paper and confetti and all the the goodies, you know. And so we're trying to make it feel and that people are still getting that experience of going to see in a day to remember live show, but through a live stream, which is – very tough i would say
0: it is yeah but like for example i mean we've seen a lot of bands come out of the gate and do it that i think code orange was one of the first ones that did it in in this genre Mm -hmm. and did it to a level that was just there it was incredible it was awesome it was such a cool thing to watch they're just a creative force in general
1: it's like i feel like everything they do is like oh man i would have never thought that but that looks awesome. Like just yeah. the camera glitches and like the overlays and so the use of that kind of stuff in a live setting. It's just, it's just awesome. Uh,
0: it's, yeah.
1: And you know, some,
2: someone who's a bit more like ignorant to the, the music scenes that you guys are a part of right now, Code Orange is a band over the past few months that have uh, kept coming to my attention. I think because of that, I saw a bit of the video production they did in that unplugged style, uh, but also they performed live uh at a, a wwe nxt show so me being mm-hmm. someone that has worked in that field and is just a fan uh, of that of that culture uh, i am well aware of who that band is because they have put themselves uh out in front of different audiences during this time
1: they they're like they're 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 one of those bands that's just liked by all which is super weird because of the music that they are like you wouldn't assume that a band that maybe that heavy that would have that kind of reception by such a a broad audience. But what they've done is it's it's kind of incredible. And I think that, you know, them getting noticed by the Grammys and kind of pushing that whole campaign and then, like, being open to that whole audience of people that like metal but also, like, respect the Grammys and all this stuff, it's, like, it's really pushed them and given them this respect that they deserve, for one. And two, it's just, like, they've been able to take those eyes and be, like, oh, yeah, we're also this creative. Look at what we can do. And they've utilized it really, really well, I feel like, which is awesome.
0: I feel like, I'm sorry, Jordan, real quick. I I remember meeting those guys. um, What's the venue in Pittsburgh that they all work at? Do you know, Neil? um, I can probably name
1: all the venues. uh, (laughs) Mr. Smalls. uh, It might be. uh, That's like the church venue. Stage AE, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the the inside outside venue.
0: But I remember, I, if I recall, I remember doing shows with those guys and that was part of the reason why I knew of the band and then why they were also so likable, you know, or, you know, just from going back and, and seeing them or having them be part of the show. I just, I can't remember which tour or which tours it was, but it was just a quick little tidbit. Sorry, Jim, what were you going to say?
2: i'm just curious because uh neil you mentioned the the production of your band is 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 vital to to the experience of a day to remember um we often talk in these conversations about finding inspiration uh not only from from contemporaries so so perhaps you guys are looking to other bands for influence but even just like across genre uh so i mentioned pro wrestling uh, a lot of my inspiration of the business of pro wrestling was informed by music and vice versa. So I'm curious um, with the production that, that, that you guys uh, curate, uh, do you look to, or where do you look, I guess is more pointed uh, for inspiration.
1: Um, It all kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it started with this, but it definitely was like a big uh, point in the road, in the, in the his the timeline that kind of sticks out in my head is playing these massive european festivals um you can go one day and see like 10 bands if you want and they're the top tier of the world uh some of the biggest touring acts all around in one place on a massive stage Um, so watching rammstein uh Mm. play in germany and then every song their stage changed Um, and so it wasn't just like one new element was added. It was like the entire stage production was this new elaborate piece of artwork. Um, and they utilized those pieces to change in a way to where it looked completely different. And you just got this whole new experience almost every other song. And so that was like a big thing. And we're like, man, I don't know what this guy's saying. He's speaking in German, um, Their band is awesome, so, like, they're heavy and they're really, really fun live, Um, but I didn't, I wasn't, like, necessarily, like, drawn to it because I don't know what he's saying. I don't, I sound like my mom. What's he saying? What, but why is he screaming? No, um, and so I, like, kind of, like, was like, man, and it wasn't just me. It was, like, everyone in our band, we were kind of all there watching together, and we're like, if we can not know this band at all, have no, like, drawing like factor. They're like, Hey, this is like appealing to us. He's speaking in German. We don't know. Um, but we're so enamored and so entertained with what they're doing. There's something to this and it's important to invest in that. And our whole goal with a day member remember is t- kind of to be an escape for people. Like you come to our show, you forget about everything else going on. You could not be a fan of a day member, remember and you could go watch our show and I guarantee you'll be entertained. Um, and that's the whole goal. And, we kind of looked at they were doing and we're like, I think that this would be something we could absolutely utilize something that would be very huge for us. And um, so it was like that and watching kiss they're another band that kind of does the same thing is like, I'm not really a huge kiss fan. I think I like one song by kiss and maybe that's blasphemous, but that's just, that's the, the truth. Um, but we could watch them and you're just entertained for like an hour and a half. You don't even realize it. And it's just like, Oh wow. I just stood here for an hour and a half. I didn't even mean to. And, That's kind of what our thing is. And like, we can kind of not take ourselves too seriously and be like, man, some people might not like a day to remember, but if we can do enough fun, cool things that they're not thinking about it and put our creativity in this other side of it as well, to where it's like this theater esque performance, then I think everyone wins. So,
3: Neil, um, it's interesting. I guess the bands we're all talking about, the Code Orange and uh Rammstein, you know the, these are bands kiss right of course with the pyro and the stage setup and full stacks you know making this like whole facade on stage right and just everything is larger than life the costumes i mean similar to slipknot all these bands were referencing they all seem to have transcended their genre yeah. and part of that is that they're they're not just firing on one cylinder they file they fire on all cylinders the production is out of control and this is something they Growing up, when Jordan and I played in bands together, I always looked at inspiration of like Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Jordan probably would say Flaming Lips. These bands that were always pushing the envelope, maybe drawing inspiration from one another. Contemporaries, but definitely not in the same genre, but they both could say headline of Bonnaroo, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
3: I'm curious, looking at kind of what's out there in the landscape, I'm thinking, you know, live production things that are happening right now as sports are coming back and more and more people are trying these, uh, you know, these kind of panels of, of live fans and trying to create a live experience and then live reaction. Is that something you've thought about? Maybe that you could have it feel like a live show that people are actually there with you. You know, are you, are you thinking that if, if maybe if a data remember were to try something of this nature, we'd want it to be just like the same, the same as what it would be live uh, shot the same way kind of code orange did their thing live on stage.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: is, are, are these things that the band is thinking about and trying to do something to pull off something, uh at that high of a
1: level? Absolutely. I mean, I think that any anything we do, we try to literally put all of ourselves into. So like it's never going to be something where we're like, well, we got a show. We could just go hop on stage and some half stacks or whatever. That just because that's just we enjoy being creative on all of those levels. Like that's some, and then like when we get in a room and we start brainstorming, it's like this leads to this leads to this. And our management's like, oh shit, we're gonna have to do all this. oh really guys? And we're just like, yeah, go ahead and get it done. Let's do it. And um, so we, uh, we definitely would want it to be something like that. And we kind of talked about maybe doing like a drive-in experience, uh, you know, where like cars can drive in or, or even like kind of like a socially distanced experience. Cause I think being live is so important, but I mean, like, for instance, the under oath one, theirs was just beautifully shot. It just right. looked incredible. Uh, the Trivium one just looked incredible, and it was just awesome production um, and really, really awesome cameras and people knowing what they're doing and catching people at the right angles. And it just looked very cinematic. And I think that there's something to that too. I think that like we could probably do in a Data Remember show um, where that is the case, and people are like, "Oh, I don't have someone jumping on my head. I never noticed they did that before," because. Our shows, that's kind of the other MO is people are going so wild that they'd probably miss half the things we do anyways. And when they're looking up, there's something new. And so I I think that that our goal would just be to kind of, I think at least with the first one, and if we have to continue to do these, it'll probably evolve and change and become something of its own. So the first one would probably just be capturing what we do normally, just very cinematically, if that's a word
0: yeah yeah uh, so i i have a question that goes back a bit probably with the history of the band um i would imagine that when you guys are talking about production and the you know the level of production you're doing and the investment of the production budgeting you know mm-hmm. is definitely a, a factor i think yeah. one of the questions that i get a lot that i'm sure you've probably encountered too is people saying you know like what should we invest our money in as a band that's just starting out uh, you know should we invest in production or should we invest in xyz i'm curious if it's okay to share what some of the earlier conversations were like with you guys deciding like you know let's put it all into production and let's screw the idea of making any money on this tour because yeah. we're going to invest it all here or, or invest it all there if that's still an active conversation you know i'd be curious to to hear kind of how what the mindset is there for you guys. Cause obviously it's different in every camp, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, for us, it's not necessarily a linear conversation <clears> just because like the, the way that money comes in when you're in a band, it's constantly changing. And so it's not like, well, you know, on this tour we got, we got last tour. It's not like that. And, you know, and this one, it's like, well, we got a little bit bigger budget, but we're playing, Smaller rooms, more nights, or we have a little bit bigger budget, or we have a little bit smaller budget, where we're playing bigger rooms, less time. Um, it's it's just, and then, or you know, how some of the deals are set up. It's like the production is worked into this deal, so we can kind of go a little bit bigger to make this more make sense. But to kind of answer uh, the first part of the question, when we first started, we didn't have anything, and we just were, you know, we would get up there and play our songs. we sucked literally in the beginning we just wanted to be on tour we just wanted to go and play music and we played so many like i think for two years straight we played like over one year we played like almost 300 shows and then the next year we played like 250 shows and never got a hotel room slept in the van just literally we didn't pay ourselves out we just kind of it was like Wherever we could get money, we'd do it. And wherever we could stay at someone's house, that's what we'd do. Or we'd sleep in the van, whatever. But we just saved our money and kept working and hustling and hustling and hustling and saving money, working. Never turned down an opportunity. We would constantly be on the road. Sometimes we'd play two shows, whatever. Um, And then when it got to the point where I think the first tour we had production, it was like scrims. And we were like, this is badass. Mm -hmm. This is cool. And we're like, we're not going to do just regular scrims. We're going to have like... Two level scrims. One's going to be further back. It's going to create some depth. And we were always kind of just trying to push the bar, and we didn't even realize it. But um, but we always kind of set us up with the tour before being like, all right, we know that we need to operate um, with a budget, so we can't take a hundred percent of the profits. So we're we always we went on tour with this band called Alisana, kind of changed our band's lives, really. Like kind of helped us start making money. Um, they showed us this system that basically helped us budget And base. What they did was there was like a percentage based system and they were like, all right, so, um, you have hundred percent of your profits after you pay back everything and you take 50%, you split it up between your band, 10% each. So 10% each guy, and then you take 50% of the profits and you put it back into the band fund. Every week. And so every week we were making some money at least like, you know, some weeks it was like $25, which was a joke. And then other weeks it was like really well because we did really well that week or whatever. And so that kind of changed our band. And then we always were operating in the positive with some kind of savings in the bank, but we were always also able to bring home money, whatever it was like 200 bucks, whatever. And so from then on we were able to kind of budget for production. And then as we got more successful like in the homesick era. Um, that's when we started like bringing out video screens and we were lucky enough to have a crew that was willing to invest their time and effort into us as well. Um, and I say that because like they were coming out and doing like three person jobs, <laughs> like each person was doing like our lighting guys, like, yeah, I've never done video, but I'm willing to learn for you guys. Cause I believe what you're doing. I believe in what you guys are doing. And I believe in the sacrifice you guys are putting up and, So it was, it was a, it was like a massive team effort. And, um, I think that a lot of the pieces have to align for those things to kind of work out. And I, a lot of times when people ask me those questions, like, what do you do in the beginning? I'm just like, man, just play as many shows as you can and become the best band you can. So that when it comes down to the fact of like, should we make this investment? It's no question because you're already so invested with your life that you've sacrificed all these things. And it's just a no brainer. You're like, well, yeah, of course we're going to do that. I mean, we're going to the next level. That's just what we're doing. It's just that time. So it's, it's a, and it's no, that's the other thing is it's not linear. You know, it's like each tour, there is a new budget, each tour, there's a new thing. And it's not like it's, it's kind of dependent on what happened before, but also like, for instance, the COVID thing, the things are going to be different now. We're not going to have the same budget that we had whenever it's like, you're not gonna be able to make as much money. It's just the long and short of it. And so you have to decide, hey, we're not going to make as much money or there's not going to be as many people there. How are we going to budget this production thing into it and how are we going to make it make sense because it is such a massive part of our show. Um, so it's it's uh, it's uh constantly evolving and it's really – it's honestly just a, one of the toughest parts about being in a band, I feel like. Justin,
2: I'm getting in here before you. Uh, I'm curious, Neil um, – uh, back when you guys were at that point, uh, sleeping in your van, trying to to, to save the, the money that you were earning uh, on the road through your hard work, and, and giving up all that time uh, just on on the hope of of, of realizing a dream, um, my guess, given that that you're uh, so active on a Twitch stream right now, my guess is that this was a bit intuitive for you. But I want to ask it. Um, things that did not cost any money, like community building, like actually uh, talking with potential fans, talking with uh, fans and, and things of that nature. Was that something that was obvious to you uh, or even leveraging uh, social media at that time? Just just uh, leveraging tools that we all can use, whether uh, we're a, a fine painter uh, or we're hustling ice cream bars. I mean, these yeah, are yeah. things that uh, are translatable to, to whatever uh, you're you're sharing with the world. Um, what, was
1: was that part of your guys's mindset at that at that time? Um, it was it was definitely in there somewhere, but it wasn't like something we thought about consciously. And we were kind of lucky enough to come up in the time before social media. Like our first tours were like, hey, let's print out these map quest directions, kind of vibe. And we had a, ma- a yeah. book with like map quests and we'd be in the van, they're like pass up the thing, and then we got sidekicks. And then only two of us in the band had sidekicks. So like someone pass up their sidekick so we can get directions. It was like, we were kind of in the era of figuring out being in a band and being on the internet and, um, utilizing that as a tool. Like we were part of the people forming these tools, I guess you could say. Um, and it was, it wasn't necessarily even thought of as like something that was a tool. It was just At that time, it was it was a hustle kind of like, and you you talk to people, and I think it goes back to like the personalities of a band. That's the other thing that I think is is super important is you have to have people that play different roles, and you have to have people that work well together, and you have to have people that have strengths, and then that maybe that's other someone else's weaknesses. And so, like in our case, like our bass player Josh is very business minded. Um, I am kind of I like have I'm like the both brain if I can talk about myself without sounding too cocky or whatever I'm not like whatever but um I kind of have the creative side and I kind of have the business side and I'm kind of the guy that mediates in the band where I can like kind of hear what this guy's saying and also hear what this guy's saying and kind of hopefully meet in the middle um and then Jeremy who is our singer and he he's like fucking full creative also very business-minded but, like, his his whole thing is, like, let's come up with the most wild idea that we can, and if it works, it works, and if not, we're just going to make it work somehow. So, you're going to have to have those um, different personalities to where, like, when you're at the venue and you need someone to go talk to the promoter and you need to whatever, and then you have, like, there's fans around and you're always talking to people and you have to put on a good face and all this stuff, even when you don't want to. Like, that is you can do that with the different personalities of a band and it doesn't have to always fall on everybody doing everything, you know, yep. like you can kind of have people being like, Hey, this guy's really good at this. Let's let him take over that. And like, for instance, us too, our other guitar player, Kevin, he's incredible when it comes to like writing set lists and putting together these ideas for like live performances and all that kind of stuff. And we all play our roles. And when we come together, we kind of fall back and let other people take the lead in those different areas. And I think that that's super, super important. um it's one of the only reasons we kind of made it out of that stage so and we were lucky enough to kind of come up when it was new and it was the wild west and you could figure it out as you're going along whereas now it's like it's established and you can use this machine to your advantage if you're willing to go in and learn how to use it which is i'm that way with twitch like i had to come in late and i'm just like there's so much happening and there's so much to learn and but it, i felt lucky enough to where it is with twitch it's i could fall back on those community building skills that i learned from being in a band with no money and talking to people and understanding how important those relationships were in in this to my advantage and like that's the coolest part about twitch in my opinion
0: yeah there's is been that community i'm not i'm not up and running and i'm not 100% sure i will do anything with it but already just from misha doing it he has three or four people that have been so willing to jump in and offer to help me get set up and they know everything about it and they're already mm-hmm. giving me pointers of what to do and what not to do and which pieces of software to use and what cameras to use and what angles to use and how to just every aspect of it. it that is such a huge thing I've noticed that's very different seemingly about Twitch aside yeah. from other platforms. It's, it truly feels like a positive community where it, yes, you exactly. don't see that very often nowadays.
1: I was nervous, like going into it. I'm like, yeah. I, I I always make the joke. I'm like, I'm, you know, I have boomer delay, um, meaning like I'm just behind the times and I haven't learned this stuff. And like, they have their whole language. Like they talked in a certain way. They, they communicate through chat in a certain way and they expect to be communicated to in that way based on other people on the platform and how they do it. And I, I didn't know that. And my thing is like, I had these people that were offering to be moderators who like came in and they're like, I love what you're doing. I love how you talk to people and engage with people. A lot of people don't do that. You know, a lot of people are doing their own thing and don't really acknowledge chat. And I'm like, well, that's my favorite part is that I get to have a uh, controlled way to communicate with people that want to talk to me. You know, like I can talk to you guys. It's through chat and you can respond in real time to me doing something and get excited about it, which makes me excited, especially now in this time where I just – I'm looking for reasons to be excited and uh, reasons to be like yeah this is this is awesome. So I the community is like again unlike other places on the internet it is one of the only positive communities. I feel like all the ones yeah. are just so toxic at certain times. So
0: yeah it seems yeah. that way, and the mods, the people that are willing to step up for your community, are are angels, man. Like they're they really are. They're lifesavers, and I don't know them. I've never met them in person, and it's it it does go back to the importance of building that level of of trust and community with your your audience. Because who know like who knew that this is what we would be relying on now, you yeah. know, to connect. I,
1: well, I mean, in in my th- situation specifically like i'm a rhythm guitar player like i mean in you as well like you play drums you're back there behind the thing like we don't directly address the crowd we don't directly address large amounts of people and have to eloquently speak to them and get our point across while trying to think about what we're doing and all these other things like when it comes to twitch you're basically the producer of the show the director of the show the creative talent and the person in your head that's like, Oh, don't talk about that. Don't say this. Maybe you shouldn't. St- oh, you still got to get your sentences out and talk to these people in a way that they're excited and be entertaining. So it's like, it's, it's so many things that I didn't know that I needed to be good at that I'm getting better at, but it was really hard. I mean, it's like, it's, I, my first couple of weeks doing, it, I'm like, Holy shit. I have a newfound respect for these people that because, like, everyone talks to me, they're like, yeah, these people are making a living playing video games. I'm like, no. No, these people are fucking high-level creative entertainment uh, and back-end, like, they, they're, like, doing every job. It's like they're, like, ten people in one, yeah. and they're killing it. And the people that are at the top, they're the ones that are doing it better than everybody else to the point that you don't even know that they're doing it. They're, like, they're just playing video games. It's like, no. They're... They're top tier insane. It's, and I have a newfound respect for the whole thing. So I, it's been, it's been a process. It's been crazy.
3: Look, the, the I think, you know, the, the, the people that get to that level, maybe they already have that in them, you know, that they can, they can moderate, they can, they're community builders, they're facilitators, they can do all these things kind of and curate all the stuff that's going on. And maybe that's just because I feel like part of it for some of the people that are the top, they just love what they're doing, you mm-hmm. know, and I think it just, it just shows but not everyone has that right. Just like not every band or every business has all the different people that can do all the different parts. Like my brother and I, you know, we always worked really well together that we could go kind of do greet the front of house people. We could, you know, work the business end and we always had other members that were on a lot more on the creative side and Mm -hmm. could handle that, but they wouldn't, you know, so everyone had their role, but for anyone listening, that feels like maybe they're doing something, a project, uh, they're in a band or they're doing something artistic or they're working for themselves and they don't have this, you just have to do the best you can with what you got. And of yeah. course, it's, it's not linear. And every time you do something, you learn from it. It's not like win or lose. It's win or learn. And yeah. that way you do something. Okay, it didn't work out. So be it. But at least I tried it. I've got to like give myself credit. Like to your point, Neil, you're saying, you didn't know what you're doing, right? You know, you just yeah. started and you were nervous, but you did it. And yeah. that's like the zero to one game. And then once you're started, you start to like level up, right? Yeah. Just yeah. like a band starting. A band just has to start. Yeah. Like you guys might suck, right? But I mean, I remember the for the first time we, we brought in a new singer, let's say, growing up, who had never played shows. So we booked, I think, ten shows over the next two months and we said, here, here's the stage. You just have to figure it out. But you're never gonna figure it out, you know, kind of sitting at home in the simulator. You gotta just go like get in the automator, just go do the damn thing. And all the things that, you know, it's nice to hear that there's a community like Twitch out there where people are just trying to build you up. And yeah. that way, it's nice. Someone's always sending the elevator down to bring you up to where they are. And then there's someone else coming, right? I mean, this is to the point both you and Matt are making that it sounds like the Twitch community is just all about, you know, leveling up together, right? The rising tide raises all boats and everyone's going up together. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. And, it, and it, you have to work together on Twitch. You have to go and be a part of the community. You have to go watch other people's streams and comment and support and talk to those fans. And it's, it's the only way that it works, you know, is if everyone's working and then you can be a person that's in front of the camera, but you can also be a fan and go and support. Like I watch Misa stream all the time. It's like one of the coolest things on there. And it's like being able to see him in his creative element, that's so cool. Like that didn't exist. How, I mean, like two years ago, three years ago, yeah. you had to go on YouTube and someone had to produce a video and you had to edit a video and it took all this time and effort and it's rad. But like now you get to see it in real time, talk to the person and they get to talk back to you. That's that never happened before. And that's yeah. fucking awesome.
0: Man, imagine like, cause I've seen like Matt Garska doing a lot of stuff lately um, imagine being a young drummer, and you can go watch Matt Garska practice live in his practice room and see the level. It would have
1: changed. It would have changed my life as a, as a young musician, like to be able to be like. I, there, I remember. I remember, and I don't know why. I, maybe it's just how my brain works, but I remember, like, like I grew up. With, I love Norma Jean, and they had like these weird like chords that just sounded gnarly. I'm like. What chord is that? Like, there's not a website where I could go find a Norma Jean tab. They weren't big enough. Like, and I I remember like for a month straight, I had to figure in, I'm like, it shouldn't, there's only so many places you can put your fingers on a guitar, (laughs) but it took me like a month to figure out some of these chords. And it's like, if I could just watch this guy on Twitch and be like, oh, oh, cool. That's how you play it. That's, it would have changed my life. It would have just like exponentially, if I was willing to go and learn, you can learn. That's the whole thing. And I think that's what drives me to do this is I'm like, we never had any playthrough videos for any of our stuff before this. So, like, if you wanted to learn our songs, like, you had to rely on tabs that were kind of inaccurate and whatever. And that's what's caused me to, like, play all these songs that we haven't played in forever. I'm like, this is how we play them. Yeah. And if you want to get your guitar, like, I'll be like, we play this tuning This song is in a weird tuning. You probably never would have found that online. This is why we do that for this part of the song. In the middle of the song, I stop and retune. Kevin plays. Like people don't know these things. And like I'm I try to like tell stories and I'm like, this is how I play the song. And I try to like find creative camera angles to show that, which is really hard. I think Matt Heafy does a really good job of that, like kind of utilizing like the strumming hand and the picking hand and then showing him and how he like does all these things at the same time i i just that's what i wanted to give to people i'm like hey if we're going to be in quarantine let's learn something together like this is me learning twitch you can learn guitar and i guarantee like our band is a especially my role in our band it's not so hard that you couldn't get it in this amount of time <clears throat> if you really wanted to learn guitar i could be a great bridge for that you know it's like we we have songs that are literally just four chord songs like Green Day songs and then we have stuff that's like super kind of technical metal stuff and everything in between like that's the coolest part about our band is it was kind of our journey as musicians and just being like well we this is a cool song I guess I don't know Mm -hmm. but and I think that that's what keeps me wanting to do it is like, Hey, hopefully someone is playing along to this at home. If they're not playing along, hopefully they're singing along or hopefully they're sitting there with their friends. And because they can't be at a show, like they have like two or three of their friends over and they're wearing a day to remember shirts and they like got beers or whatever. They got food and they want to just hang out. And I'm like, that's what keeps me wanting to do it. Cause it's not easy. It's a lot of work, but it's awesome. It's worth it. I think so.
0: I don't know. No, it seems like it's worth it. I love I love the format that you have, which is the educational side of it. You know, we we obviously chatted briefly about that a couple of weeks back, but uh, at least from what I've seen, they're really they're I have seen they are really they i have not seen it done that way with that being the focus. And has that sort of did that fall into place as like this is this is the focus of of your channel, or did you actually set out with it being well, sort of educational in in and vibe,
1: In in my head, I, I needed something to make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like, like I said earlier, like I'm not the front man. I'm not like the guy who's constantly entertaining. Like I can do, I'm like a class clown kind of vibe. Like I can make jokes and do that. But um having that for me is what made it fun. And like being able to talk about these things that have never been talked about to people yeah. before and kind of un, like help people understand why. Like, that is what made it really fun and interesting for me. Um, and it was, like, something that I wanted to do, but I didn't think that this the Twitch would be... I didn't think I would have the response that I have had with this part of it and this become the main focus. Like, where in the beginning I was like, I'm going to show how I make tones, and I'm going to show how I produce in the studio and all these things that I also do um, that I... Th- felt like people would be interested in, but this just kind of was like, Hey, I'm going to, I actually can practice a lot. I I'm practicing now more than I ever have. I'm playing songs that I haven't played in years. Um, and it's just going to be a positive for me in my life. So when we do go back to playing shows, like I'm going to be on my game. I'm like, I'm on point. I could walk in there and play any song in our catalog as good as it was when we recorded it. So, um, that's another thing. And I, and I kind of just, am like, man, if I can help people while practicing myself, it's like, this is just a win win. I I love that I can do this. So that's, I mean, it wasn't the focus. No, but it has become something that is like the main part of my channel that people look for. They're like, I know on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Neil will be here, whatever. So.
0: Yeah. I I have one other question in regards to Twitch, then we want to shift gears a, a tad, but. Um, you know, let's say things do go back to some sense of normalcy and you guys do get out on tour, you know, I guess my question is like when you commit to a Tuesday Thursday schedule or something like that and then you have to go is that hiatus and then you come back to it, is it I mean, obviously everybody would understand like you're going on tour. It's yeah. a good reason, but is it something that you see as being um, you know, a longevity thing uh that's sustainable? I think it would-
1: I think it would change, but I, I do still want to do it. Like my goal is, so I already like, I really like the aspect of building things. Like the idea when I found out that I could like build my own computer, like I Mm -hmm. built my own computer when I was younger and then I like realized that not much has changed. Like things just got better. Like they're still the same parts. Like you still need CPU, you still need to graphics processor, you still need your memory, whatever, motherboard. So I was like, oh, it's like the same, but just better. So like, I'm like, I already kind of have a grasp on this and I'm like, this is like adult Legos. So I'm like, got really excited about that part of it. And then I like built my own studio computer and then the computer I'm on right now is at my house. So this is like my, so like I can still see my wife and my dogs and everything and not be at the studio all the time. Um, So I could do streaming here as well. Um, But, Like, that was, like, another aspect of it is, like, I'm going to build a computer to go on tour. So, like, I am currently building my rig for whenever we go back on tour to where I can still just bring this entire setup and it's just in a road case, screen pops out, camera has an arm that I can attach and it looks just this good and I have lights involved, whatever. But um, I do want to, I think it would change, like, the schedule would change, like, where it would be, like, we would usually be playing at 9 o'clock, usually. yeah. Um, uh, It would probably be, like, I'm going to do the warm up. You guys can pick the songs that I'm going to warm up, interact with me. We're playing tonight in Toledo, Ohio, whatever. Um, and obviously, that depends on like venue internet, right? Because right. we all know how that is. But um, yeah, I think that I would still do it, just maybe change and kind of like try to adapt and give people a new view into a different part of this whole gig, you
0: know? Well, good on you, man. The, but that the, would, your supporters will love that. They'll love that. I'm, yeah. I,
2: Imagine the intimacy of feeling like you're going on tour, Uh, but not, you know, obviously it it might be easier to just go live on Instagram, but the depth uh, of, of a platform like Twitch, if you're able to literally build that out and, and take it on the road with you uh, what incredible access and what uh, just incredible value for your, for your audience.
1: The crazy thing is like, I never even thought about it like that. I was just like, Oh, this is, what we're going to do and it's just how it's going to be. And I, to be honest, like this has taken over so much of my life recently that I don't remember what it was like before this was a part of it, which is kind of a weird thing. Like I, I, that happens with like a lot of things like where I, I like, I'll get into something and then I'm like, how did I ever live without doing this? Cause it's so important to me now and I like it so much and I gain so much from it and I put so much of myself into it. It's just like, I couldn't imagine going and not doing it i don't know it's a really weird thing it's the new That's norm amazing. i mean look to the same
3: point of trying to learn that core that norma Jean core. i mean i think about those tours of norma Jean and scarlet and every time oh, i die look, I, I mean, scarlet right those man big lights, scarlet just flashing but this was like this was like where i think where a lot of kids we learned diy 101 of like you can buy 500 watt work lights for like 10 bucks a piece. And you can put them on power strips and now you have a light show. Yeah. Right. And it, and I'm actually sitting here. I'm thinking back on, on what we may be experiences as, as, you know, growing up and learning how to do all this stuff, production at a, a on a very small budget and a small scale and make it look, you know, way larger than life right now, people that would be coming in kids that would be coming up or teenagers coming up in the scene, they're going to be missing all of that. So I think there is, there's, so much value to even just kind of showing how simply some of that stuff can be. I'm sure there's people out there that would be doing stuff like this on Twitch, but imagine if we had that access growing up to see our favorite bands on tour or watching them do their warm ups, And, and if we just get inspiration from that, how quickly we could, you know, as kids, we would have leveled up as well.
1: Yeah. It would have just accelerated everything. It would have just been like, like technology. Now it's just happening faster. And it would have been cool to see that in in humans as well. I mean, I and I guess I think that that's kind of the other cool thing is I think once this whole, once we get past this COVID thing uh, and kind of get back into what everyone wants to do and be around each other and whatever, we can see how much people have grown. And I think it's going to be a whole new landscape. You're going to have a whole new group of people that were like busting their ass, like working out or learning a skill or now they're like they put in their 10,000 hours and whatever because they've had the time to de- devote to it and you're going to see people like taking places of people that had it before that those people didn't have the time to do that and i think it's going to be it's going to be awesome it's going to be a whole new rush of new talent and new creatives which i'm stoked about Me It's too. the best
2: time to try it all and jordan's been trying it all well that's the thing what's what's the other uh, what's the other choice to not Right. Mm-hmm.
1: There's
2: no you know, alternative. Yeah. To just to just sit and fucking wait it out.
1: Can't can't do that. You go no. crazy. Me, yeah. To
2: me, it's very black or white. Um, yeah. Like just well, try shit and like and for you, Neil, uh, like Twitch was one of the things that just resonated with you and and to the point where you now can't imagine a, a life without it. Uh, that was one of I'm sure the many things that that you've sampled over the past six months. Um, and this was just one that stuck in a big way. And this probably would not have been happening for you if it weren't for a pandemic right now.
1: Gift of the virus. Not on this level for sure. That's absolutely the truth.
0: It's been, it's It's been so freaking, it's been so freaking cool though. There's so many friends of, of ours, you know, Jordan, even what you're doing with a lot of the things that you're taking advantage of, but like so many friends I'm seeing do things that I would never have thought they'd be doing in a way that is just so, well done like uh, just a quick shout out to our sound guy alex marchides started a woodworking company in a matter of a few months and now he's he's literally selling out of cutting boards that he's making these beautiful cutting boards in like literally in 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 an hour like he puts up hey i got 11 available they're gone like that
1: Ooh, i'm gonna have Um, to go look at those and my wife's in I'll send you. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll, I'll send you. I mean, dude, they are they're handcrafted. They're beautiful. And so I went down to his place today. I had to pick up one that I bought for my dad's birthday as a gift. And I'm talking to Alex's mom, and she's like, "Yeah, he was just so bored and miserable. He didn't <laughs> know how to do this stuff. He just he's creative and he figured it out. And in a matter of weeks, he like started off. He built." a table for their deck and then he built like another little coffee table and then he started figuring out how to build these cutting boards and now people are hitting him up from all over the US that he doesn't even know people that are just discovering it from you know that the, the connections you you have on Instagram and so forth being like hey man can you build me like a butcher's block table like that I can put in my kitchen as an island. So he's, and now he's like contracted to build these huge blocks, dining room tables, all sorts of stuff. And it's just amazing to see people like that that are taking advantage of this time. As you said, putting in the 10,000 hours to where when this stuff does finally turn around, it's like, I wonder, you know, if he's going to have too big of a business with this, that he won't even be able to go back out on tour. And I think there's a lot of people like that, you know? yeah, It's it's really, it's- it's just so great to see that kind of stuff, like those stories. And um, Well, everyone just, always talks yeah. about
1: the negative, right? Like everyone right. always is like, right. the internet's bad because of this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, go to YouTube University. <clears throat> you could be a fucking, you could become a woodworker if you're interested in woodworking. You could start a Twitch stream. Literally, there's so many, like, uh, there's so many things that you could take advantage of on the internet that are positive, that could push you in the right direction and change your life. Literally, like, and it doesn't have to be what you thought it was going to be. That's the other thing is you got to be malleable. You got to be able to go in and be like, like I said, I didn't think I was going to be playing. I didn't think that. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just was like, well, I'll try, whatever. And I'm sure with him, too, it's like he didn't think he was going to be, like, contracted to make these huge things where it's taking most of his time and all this. He's like, I just don't want to be bored, and I want to feel good, and I want to make something that, you know, gives me that happiness and that that feeling of going out and being on tour or whatever
0: yeah it's it's so important well i i hope the example of it pushes the people that are sitting around saying i don't know what to do with myself i'm miserable i hate this situation i have no control over what's happening to me i'm just gonna let it you know take me over It's like i hope i hope people realize that they do have the the opportunity right in front of them to create something. You just have to be willing to go try it. And and that's the key. Right. It's like, take the step. So, um, so switching gears before we wrap up, I want to keep an eye on time. Um, you know, you talked about obviously uh, cutting board and, and your wife. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, we definitely should talk about winter park um, yeah. and kind of what's going on with that. Last we spoke, I know that you were kind of still working on getting certain aspects moving um
1: we are full on into it. Awesome. We are yeah. Uh we we just wrapped it. we just got um all of the permitting for all of our framings done, all of the electricals done, all the plumbing's done, our hood system just got installed, so we're like moving. Like we're on to like finishing and um our opening date, which is so I guess for the people that don't know, my wife and I are opening a restaurant. My wife is a vegan chef. Uh, little quick backstory: We met on the Blink tour. She was Travis Barker's chef. Um, I couldn't talk to her the whole tour because I'm like tra- Blink One Eighty Two is my favorite band, like, which is another thing. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I'm like, like in all these different types of music and whatever. But Blink One Eighty Two is the band that got me into playing guitar, um, got me into writing songs and wanting to play music and kind of shaped my sense of humor and so being on this tour was huge for me uh she was their chef i was like wow she's untouchable she's beautiful i need to talk to her so we met on that tour kind of at the end of the tour i finally talked to her we fell in love we've been together for three years now which is fucking crazy four years um and so she moved to florida to kind of live with me because i had a house here and she was living in la we did like the whole pros and cons thing um taxes are crazy out there so i didn't move out there and so she moved here and the whole personal chef thing here doesn't really exist there's not like the need for it uh like in la like she can't just go work for travis and then go work for whoever all the other clients that she had um and so her whole focus kind of changed when she moved out here and she moved out here for love so it was like kind of this awesome story where you know girl moves for love reevaluates life opens a restaurant <laughs> it's kind of crazy so we're in that phase and kind of opening this restaurant and it's her first restaurant and it's something that she kind of did out of necessity where she was in her she couldn't find work as a per- as a um, personal chef so it was like her own little mini covid experience but just before everybody else so she was like stuck at home not doing anything kind of losing her mind a little bit she's like you know what when i got started cooking i would just bring she lived in baltimore she would bake bread, bring it to the market in Baltimore, and she would sell it at the farmer's market. And so that's how she kind of got started being a chef. Um, and the reason she decided to become vegan is because it was cheaper to cook vegetables. She would go to the, ve- she was at the farmer's market that she was selling bread at. She became friends with everybody in the community there, started cooking um, vegetables, and then kind of got into the whole, um, other side of veganism as well like where she like she's like man being compassionate is awesome and she kind of filled that whole need as well and then fast forward to where we're at so she is in this little downtime in her life and she decided she's going to start making biscuits and going to the market and selling them and she's like well actually let's just do a pop-up little pop-up restaurant experience where she made a little menu which was like biscuit sandwiches with like vegan chicken like making these breakfast sandwiches because that didn't exist and then she started making vegan chicken wings because uh, I like th- that was one of the things in our town that when she started doing this that didn't exist in our town like there wasn't vegan chicken wings you couldn't just go get I wanted buffalo wings so bad I was like craving it it was like one of the, one of the things I'm like man after trying the plant-based diet I was like this is one thing I really miss I miss buffalo wings. I don't think I could live without it. And so she's like, she started making them for me. And I was like, Mary, these are so good that like we need, this needs to be a thing. And so that kind of got introduced into the menu. And then, so from there, it just has been this long process of like learning about opening a restaurant and kind of just doing it the hard way and making mistakes. And we've been looking for a place for like two years now. And we finally found this place at Easton market. Um, And, we are set to open in mid-October. And so we it's our first time dealing with construction on a commercial level. It's the first time dealing with uh, restaurant construction. She has literally – she she's incredible. I can't talk enough good about my wife in this aspect, but she really has just – like she was malleable. She went into this not – she was a chef, and that was her part of it, and she just – fucking took on every other aspect head on. Like I don't even want to say fearlessly because I could tell she was scared, she, insanely scared. And so like my in, my input is like I always love food. That was the, my favorite part of traveling. I probably should be like 400 pounds. Um, I love food so much. And so I always wanted to open a restaurant. And then when we got – that was like the first thing that we talked about when we got together is like you know one day that would be so awesome if we could do this. And it's happening now. And uh, my input was kind of saving all my money from touring. And then now I'm like, that's my side of it. It's like, I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll try to fund as much of it as we can. And we'll kind of learn about it. And, you know, and so we're <laughs> just figuring it out, which has been, again, it's like the whole Twitch thing. It's just fucking crazy. It's yeah. just, it's, it's been awesome. It's been one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences that we've ever done as a couple. And I think as we've ever done as individuals as well. So, um, yeah, sorry. Long winded little story there.
0: Not to mention it looks, I told you this before. It looks amazing. The food looks she is, ridiculous. Oh,
1: she's that's the thing is she's for me, it's a no brainer. Cause I'm like, I can taste your food and I've traveled the world. Like I've tried to eat as much food as I possibly can. Like I eat vegan food all over the place. I eat regular food, all whatever. I, I'm i a dumpster. I just love good food. <laughs> um, And I'm like, I've tried f- food and your food is like, there's, it's special. There's something about it. It's, you're doing something that no one else is doing. And maybe there's people that are trying to do what you're doing, but you figured it out. You put the work in, you've done this before. It was like a necessity because you cared about it. And, and it shows. And then it's like, it's just, yeah, it's it it really is. It's incredible. I'm excited for people to be able to try it on a regular basis because that's been the biggest thing is like everyone hits me up and they're like, how do we try it? I'm like, well, we'll have you over for dinner, but I mean, you can't really try it any other way. So Neil, it's, I'm
3: sure you can I'm sure you can attest to this, right? That your wife, she's been at this for a very long time. Cause I remember the vegan homies in Baltimore buying nom yourself the book. Yeah. The book came out, right? Yeah. I mean, this is like
2: she you has. Know,
3: for, for someone like who comes from a dietitian, I come from like the food world. I love nutri- you know, nutrition and food and eating food and the whole nine, right? That world is just awesome. Um, I, she's been doing this a long time, right? And and part of the proof is in the pudding that if you put the work in, you know, you'll get you. Hopefully, will get pretty good at what you're doing. And I think it's similar whether you're learning guitar or you want to, uh, you know, take your favorite meals and make them plant based. And mm-hmm. and the cool thing about all of it is that she's been doing this like way before uh beyond meat yep. no evil and all these brands were kind of hip to this so so that was one thing i just want to you know all the credit it's just awesome to see what you guys are doing uh so i can't wait out. to
1: tell her i can't wait to tell her that i talked to people that knew of her in baltimore Cause yeah, like i re- she, i reached out she to a credits and that that place. Said, she credits that place as shaping her as a human being she loves baltimore and i'm yeah. like I'm like, Baltimore's cool. I mean, we played like the Auto Bar, but that place scares the shit out of me. I mean, I got to be real <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's fucking gnarly. It's but where you your kind of
3: teeth seeing Norma
1: Jean shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jordan Important lives video. right there.
3: Jordan lives. Yeah, well, he does. Yeah, right, you're right but by real, the auto Bar. Look, real quick, last point I want to make, and I have a, a quick question on this one. East End Market is something that I followed for a long time because Gideon's Bakehouse oh, maybe has the best looking cookies I've ever seen, and best I keep tasting. saying... Yeah, and I keep saying we gotta make our way out there. I know I've asked them before. Uh, I asked them. I wanted to know if they did a vegan, and I was waiting for maybe a collab between them. They said Valhalla. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Maybe is the one you gotta go to. Yeah. Nonetheless, Uh, I'm I'm curious. Real quick, was there a reason why East End Market was the place? And have the rest of it looks sick? The market itself. Yeah. Uh, Do you know a lot of the other owners, and are the other places supportive when new people come in?
1: Um. So. The reason that they were – so there's a guy named John Reif who is the owner, curator of Easton Market, and his story in itself is just absolutely incredible. Um, he is in the construction side slash um, commercial realty side of uh, that space, and what he does is – he was going to move to another city. He's like, you know, I travel everywhere. I get to see and eat all these things and experience culture and architecture and all of these awesome things of other cities that Orlando just didn't have when he started East End. And other cities had these markets and elaborate like food halls where like you could come and get like 10 different things from wherever and just sit down and eat it and enjoy it all at the same spot. That didn't really exist in at, at this level in Orlando. Um, And so he's like, you know, I could have moved and left, but he's like, but I grew up in Orlando. I love Orlando. He started it as like an incubator, an incubator to bring that culture and, and help these young creatives build something that is like, it's really fucking hard. It really is. And the barrier of entry in the restaurant industry is like astronomical. And so his goal was to kind of create a place where people could come and, have a lower barrier of entry, a lower risk level um, to do what they love and test these ideas and concepts in real life with real people and grow and learn and do it in a safer place while still curating a better culture for Orlando. So he didn't have to leave. He did it kind of selfishly. He like jokes around about that. But um, so that's and it. Whenever Mary first moved here, she got in contact with John uh, and me and her went and had a set, sat down meeting and I was just like Easton is it. I was like telling Mary, I'm like, this is the spot, you know, like if you want to be accepted in this town, like you got to get down on that level. You got to go to the market level, sell your stuff at the market, grow the community, like from, you know, like a band, like you got to go play these small rooms. You got to sweat it out with these people and they'll grow with you. They will support you when it's hard and they'll <clears throat> carry you to this next level. And we, I, I, constantly found uh, parallels between growing a band, growing a brand and growing this restaurant experience and growing all these other things in different businesses and in different industries and try to like see the parallels and see if we're on the right track and see if it feels the same and whatever. Um, and so for us, that was what that was like Easton was that like hot, sweaty auto bar show or whatever, or these places that are really Important in the growth of what you're doing, and so we went and met with him, and we were like, "What do you think we could do?" We're looking for a place. We've been looking for a place at for a year at that point to open a restaurant. It was just in Florida. It's kind of old boy system where places are promises to other people before they even go on the market, and you don't see the things that are actually a good deal and whatever. So we were just having a lot of trouble, and we went and asked for advice. That was another thing. Is I you have to ask for advice from people that are doing what you want. And you would be so surprised at how willing these people are to share their story and help you because they were at your place at one time and whatever. We found that to be very helpful and important in our journey. So we went and talked to John and he's like, how about you come and do uh, a pop-up here? And Mary's like, I mean, you would let me do that. Like we would love to do that. And so she did her first pop up there. Like, while I was actually out on tour and I was like supposed to work on it. And I'm like kind of nervous parent watching from the wings, like online as she's like, she's like, it went great. And there was, she sold out in like an hour. There was like 300 people waiting at her first pop up. And wow. And so we knew at that moment we were like, all right, this is, we got to do this. And so we got to push this to, it's like a real thing. And then, as we continued to look for a place and continue to look for a place, we kind of kept in contact with John and John kind of became a mentor for us in that aspect. And, um, he, this lady decided, she has the front spot. It was this place called birds of paradise. And it was like a little bar, um, in Easton. And so whenever she was like, Hey, we're going to, I'm going to leave. Um, we, John's like, "Would you guys want to take this over? It's two spaces. It's a little bit more than you guys were looking." We're like, "No, that's perfect. We're going to build out a kitchen in there. We're going to be completely self-sufficient. We're not going to try to use like the commissary kitchen just cuz our stuff is kind of so intensive and um everything's made in-house with what we're doing, so it's not like you could just buy like a chicken patty and drop it in the fryer. It's like, "No, you got to like make the chicken patty and you got to do all these things. You got to make the biscuits and you got to whatever." So, we had to build out our own kitchen and then figure out a way to like do that in a creative way to fit in this little tiny market space. And um, the reason we chose Easton is just because we wanted to be a part of this culture that it's just like magnetic Like you go there and you're like, this is where it's happening in Orlando. Like there's the restaurants Domu, which is like this ramen spot. It rivals any, I don't want to like piss anybody off, but like I've had like Ivan ramen and I've had like Tokyo train stop, number one ramen in the world. Domu is on point with any of these places I've had that are like supposedly number one in the world. Foodies would probably fight me for saying this stuff. I don't care. Domu is on point with those places and it's an East End Market. It's like there's these things, Gideon's. It's as good as any cookie shop I've ever had anywhere else in the world. So to be um, among these um, other people in our town that are doing these incredible things and to be like welcomed into this community was almost like, okay, cool. We're doing the right thing. And it was like a no brainer for us. It's like, we have to be a part of this community. We have to be a part of Easton market because it's, there's no better place I feel like. And I feel like if you get your start there and you make it, then you can make it anywhere because you're among some of the best. And, uh, everyone is, it's like a big community. So if you have a question and we're like, Hey, we don't know, uh, what's the code on this how do we fit a griddle or a whatever under a seven foot hood and there's not a place online you can go and find these resources where it's like what is the answer to this question there's this whole community of people that are more than willing to kind of help and and that's the other thing there's no other like vegan spot in there so like we're like the spot when it comes Mm. to plant-based options and it's just, yeah. So that's the it's long exciting, story of why we <laughs> it's a, it's we chose the eastern market. <laughs> yeah, we we all can't
3: wait. Once the storm clears, we can all get down to Orlando.
1: We'll have a little party. It'll be great.
3: Uh cookies.
1: Yeah, and
3: uh, and some nice biscuits. Can't There's wait.
1: There's co- the best coffee in Orlando, Lineage Coffee, right in there. It's like you. It's like one stop shop. The crazy thing is, is like they're kind of struggling with parking. That was been another thing that I didn't think we'd have to think about. Is like how to our whole business model is to be fast casual plant-based which doesn't really exist in Orlando or the south really like you go to you go to California there's like Veggie Grill and there's like all these options that are fast casual that you can grab breakfast and go to work and have this option to be plant-based where that's our goal in the south is we want to be this fast casual thing that people can go and grab on the way to work and like have it quick in and out and so we'll see
0: that's that's where we're at it's exciting, man. Really very is. Exciting. Yeah. Wish you the best with it. I, I echoing Justin, I wish we could get down there and, uh, and try it. Cause
1: Soon. Dude, I, I, as
0: I told you, your I'm not,
1: wife's hamburgers.
0: Yeah. That's well, what I want to try. Dude, You're
1: saying that you guys are doing Uh, you guys are going to do the food truck or something like that.
0: We're, we made very similarly to what you're describing when we can get out to farmers markets, we're going to get up and running. I did, we did buy, um, some flat top grills that are really portable that we can take with us and get set up and be totally self, you know, self sufficient. Um, but it's just a matter of when we can actually get in by the time we started this, it was way too late to really get into the farmer's markets for this season. And a lot of them aren't doing food that is cooked on site still where we are. Mm. Um, so as soon as we can, maybe in the fall, if not definitely for the spring, but yeah, dude, dude, I saw those and I was just like, Oh my God. All right, well if we if we come down to Florida, you know, we'll uh it's not we'll do vegan a big food. Food
1: trade. Yeah, we'll just big, yeah. we'll figure it out. It'll
0: be rad. Yeah. Anybody, you know, any significant other of somebody who is vegan who wants an actual cheeseburger can just pop over to well, Nat's see, That's Stacks. me. Is
1: like I, I think my diet is like eighty-five percent plant-based, right? And so like yeah. I still I kind of I was for two years I was completely vegan eating all the stuff and I, like I had some issues I went to the doctor and he's like look you got to reintroduce some of this stuff back in because I was having some things that I was deficient in that I guess whatever whatever that reason is and I guess I found out since then that I could introduce it in different ways but the easiest most convenient way because I was on tour trying to eat vegan in in certain places like I'm kind of like a snob in that sense now that Mary's cooking yeah. food I'm like I don't want to eat that I don't want to. I'm not a salad and French, or, you know. I, I just can't do that, and so I would just I was like deficient, or whatever. So I started eating meat again. But that's me. I'm like I see that stuff, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I I'm a we <laughs> gotta have
0: spot balance for man. burgers, yeah.
3: dude. I'm like oh. gotta yeah. have a balance. Well said, Matt.
0: Well, yeah, you gotta have balance, but it's good. I mean, I can eat vegan just as much as I can eat cheeseburgers, and I know you're the same way. So yep. it's, it's it's gotta nice. eat your veggies. Gotta, gotta be gotta eat yeah. vegetables. <laughs> you gotta be open jellies. to it too, because I mean, yeah. the stuff that that is. On the cutting edge, like what Mary is doing, if you put it in front of somebody and you didn't tell them it was vegan, no. they would have yeah. no idea. Zero idea. You know, we, that's the beauty of it. We did that for it.
1: my parents whenever we first, like, she first became my girlfriend. Like, that was one of the things was like, hey, for Christmas this year, we want to like come over and cook you guys dinner. And Mary's like this chef. And they didn't really understand like what it that meant, like that she's like this, chef in this world and she's so renowned and whatever. And so there's like, Oh, okay, cool. So she just came over and made like, it was like a, um, chicken fried steak, but like all vegan. So like vegan gravy, vegan chicken, uh, fried with mashed potatoes and like all this stuff and made it for them. And they ate it. And we're just like, yeah, that was all vegan. And they're just like, mind blown. I, would, I wouldn't have eaten that if I had known that that was that vegan stuff, you know, whatever <laughs> Just cause they're, you know, it's like, has this stigma, yeah. And that's the other thing is like we're, we're trying to change that. That's another goal of it is to change the stigma that is this is not, this is quinoa and berries, rabbit food. A lot of times people say whatever it's, but it's like, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to miss out on anything and you can be doing something that is compassionate and sustainable and um, is even if you just change one meal a week and you ate vegan one meal a week, it's going to make a massive difference. And so – That's what we hope to give this option to people. It's like, you don't miss out on anything. Come eat this food one meal a week, whatever. It's awesome. I love that. Well, as Neil, as someone who uh,
2: frequently goes live on Instagram uh, with an Outback Steakhouse hoodie, you sold me,
1: brother. (laughs) Dude, Outback Blooming Onion, let's go. Loaded cheese fries? Let's fucking do it. I'll go to Outback right now. All
2: right. Well, I'm, I'll meet you halfway in the Carolinas. How about that? All right. <laughs> look, heard- uh, I'm gonna have to be—I'm gonna have to be the responsible one right now to, to park this van and trailer of a conversation. Uh, I say that because I've been told that uh, you have a Twitch date uh, tonight with your community. Uh, and Neil, yep. look, I'd imagine that you could—you uh, could chat us up forever, and we'd be uh, better for it. Uh, but we do want to be respectful of your time.
1: Um, I appreciate it.
2: But. But 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 here's here's what I do want to say as we go out. Um, I think for those listening to this conversation, uh, look, Neil, you're you're a great dude. You're a cool dude. You're an interesting dude. Uh, but if people really listen to the stories that you're telling, uh, both in how uh, you have built uh, your band and even your Twitch uh, community uh, more recently, but also how how Mary has built her career in food and now a budding restaurant. Uh, there's so much wisdom that can be extrapolated from those journeys uh, that anyone can apply into whatever they're interested in. Uh, I also want to say, especially given uh, the, the, the economic realities that we're going through right now, um, please support local businesses. Uh, and I say that because any, uh, any culture that really has a long-lasting nutritional value uh, likely comes from the ground up and not the other way around. Uh, They are the last to be supported by the government right now economically. Uh, So we as individual consumers uh, have a responsibility to make sure that um, the local uh, vendors at a farmer's market uh, or the local music venue, like an auto bar, we need to make sure they survive so they can afford uh, people like the four of us uh, fertile ground to grow our talents and our interests.
1: And any new new person coming up it's we have to we have to pave the way for these people to continue to grow and push the bar and continue to do the things that we did from the people before us it's like we have to give these people a venue to be in we have to give these people a place to be creative in and so you're right it, it is our responsibility and I, I i don't think i could have said it better i was great
2: Well, well, you could have said it better if you had a
1: cowbell. (laughs) This is what I do. Hey, so I'm going to get a cowbell for my (laughs) Twitch stream just because of this. Well, I would be honored, sir.
2: (laughs) Um, So I hope you have a great Twitch stream tonight. Uh, Everything will be in the show notes. Uh, The Twitch stream, uh, the the upcoming restaurant, uh, uh, Neil, just let Matt uh, know everything that you want us to include. Um, For those... Listening to our voices right now uh, through your podcast app, we thank you. But hey, you could actually be looking at the faces of myself, Matt, Justin, and Neil Westfall uh, by watching us. YouTube.com slash chocolate croissants or just simply search chocolate croissants podcast in that YouTube app, baby. Um, We Mm, appreciate your attention. Mm. Mm, mm. Neil, uh, Neil, look—it's uh, what a night! What a night in 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 quarantine! Uh, you uh, you have a big Twitch stream coming up, uh, and yep. and and the 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 supporting act was a podcast feature uh, on a on a podcast about French pastries that has nothing to do with French pastries,
1: but everything to do with French pastries.
2: Fucking right. Mm. You are a hype man. You are seriously. This East End market needs to uh, start giving you some some coin as as their hype man.
1: Telling I, you, brother. I mean, I'll uh, I'll take any job at this point. I'll wear all the, the hats. Amen. He is a man
2: of many hats. Uh, and 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 Matt coming through with the uh, with a little Judaism at the end. Uh, so uh, Shabbat Shalom and early one at that, Matt J Halpern. <laughs> Um, Okay, we're going home Uh, To those paying attention, we appreciate you We love you, we ask that you Please be kind to yourself Uh, The man is Neil, check him out uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe on Twitch Uh, He is a wonderful man He has given us his time, his energy, his attention His passion I have bells everyone, I'm about to throw them across the room I'm gonna represent Baltimore Right now on YouTube And then I'm going to say Whoa, whoa Hey Neil, real quick before uh, yes. I say uh, bye bye, uh, I just want to say uh, I just want to say thank
1: you and much respect. Thank you for talking. I, this was incredible. I really enjoyed the conversation. Anytime, uh, if you want to have me back, I would love to come be a part of it. So, um, okay, it was awesome. well, I'm
2: gonna take. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I'm gonna take that as you saying that. Yes, Jordan, I'd love to be a guest on your Instagram live show uh, yeah, sometime in the near future.
1: I'll do it.
2: Love it. We're making it was shit great to happen. Meet you People. guys. It's great to talk
0: to you, Matt. Likewise, Thank you for bro. having me. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, Matt, it was great to talk to you.
0: <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> great to talk to all you fine gentlemen. Hell yeah. Right. We
2: will be back next week. It's another episode with the Chocolate Croissants podcast. We will see you next time. And a bye-bye.